In this episode of Rewild My Bio, you will hear a story of when a student becomes a teacher. And this is one of my favorite types of stories because one, I love being a student and two, I love being a teacher. So this was a great opportunity for me to get together with my friend and fellow colleague in fitness and health, Colin Jackson, to discuss our journey in tandem into health and fitness and when we met. And it was great to get together with Colin in and around the winter solstice and the new year. One, just to hang out and catch up, but two, to talk about goal setting. And it's quite interesting how our approach to goal setting has changed since we first met each other way back when. So you will hear that whole story as well as the amazing things that can happen when you put your intentions behind manifesting something amazing and new. And Colin has a great story as an entrepreneur. Colin and his wife, Chelsea, are the owners of BPM Fitness in London, Ontario, Canada, which is is an amazing fitness facility that has just expanded and is now including both yoga and fitness. So we dive in a little bit into their holistic approach to health and fitness. And I hope to have Colin back in to talk more about Breathe, Play, Move and their whole philosophy around uh, holistic personal training and group fitness classes. So um, look, for sure we will be having another episode because, yeah, we got a lot more to talk about. But what we did get into is talking about goal setting and changing up the way that we do goals, or we offered, I believe, a fresh perspective or a rewilding perspective on goal setting that's way less rigid and much more fluid and one that surrenders to the path before you. So acknowledging that life does happen. And what I mean by that is that I believe, and I guess it is also the philosophy of this show, that like an acorn, we are all destined to become the mightiest oak tree that we possibly can be in this lifetime. I believe that we all have a purpose and we all have a higher self that is calling us towards the mightiest version of our human existence. Where we set goals from and the will that we have to choose our actions will determine how our tree grows, essentially. So if we're setting goals, say, out of fear or scarcity mindset or one or setting goals from, say, that egotistical place that might be cut off from nature and, say, that whole, let's say, get-rich-quick mentality or a quick-fix, find-the-new-greatest-cure-pill mentality, then there's a good chance that that tree might run into growing pains. But that doesn't mean that that tree can't learn from them and then employ something new to then get back on that track or that calling to the higher self. So if we set goals from a heart-centered place, one that is in line with nature, we can redefine our biographies and find great power, peace, and purpose in the process. So sure, we have to be realistic and set, you know, somewhat timely and realistic goals for us. I'm saying, you know, we can't be an acorn that's praying to become a maple tree one day. Uh, We, you know, We are what we are, so we do have to work within certain boundaries in the physical realm, but we want to open up and be a little bit more fluid and kind of surrendering again to the path that is set out before us. So again, it's just an amazing uh, 360 getting together with Colin and kind of supporting my theory that once in the fitness industry for a very long time, you eventually come full circle and start acknowledging uh, the spiritual elements and foundations of health and disease and such. So... We talk about ways to get centered, to get quiet, and to become aware of what that 
calling is or what that purpose or higher self might be. Um, we talk about methods such as journaling. We talk about ceremony. We talk about prayer. We talk about visioning, meditation, all these things around the winter solstice and using this time of year to kind of catapult our dreams into being. We also talk about the importance of community. So obviously a lot of folks reaching out towards community in and around the holidays, which is great to come in around and celebrate, but it's also good to vision together and see what is to come and then also give ourselves a big pat on the back for what we accomplished, which is something that we don't often do too much this day and age. So we talk about determining your values and why you want to achieve these goals before you set out to achieving them. So of course, if these are coming from an egocentric place um, and you set out to put them, say, on a vision board and put them into motion, um, again, growing pains are sure to follow. So we want to make sure we're setting goals from that heart-centered place rather than letting the wounded ego make the goals and call the shots. Um, overall, I think it was a really great episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. I did have some technical difficulties throughout this episode so our message might have got lost in translation and I really appreciate you guys feedback and growing with the show talking about growing pains but I really do appreciate you guys growing with the show and sending your feedback so I can become a better interviewer and bring you guys this content in a way that is entertaining and enjoyable for you guys to receive it so I really hope you guys enjoy the show and thank you so much for listening Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. I got Colin Jackson, my good friend, here with me today. Colin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure to be here. We're just chat chatting how this is Colin's first podcast ever, so I told him I'd be gentle on him. Yeah. And it kind of puts the uh, it puts the uh, emphasis on me to be a good host at this point. So you're actually right. Making, pressure's on you're you. You're making man. it now. Yeah, it's not pressure's not on you. It comes on me to keep keep the flow going, right? So, but I got the gift of gab, so I think we can yeah. do that just fine. But anyways, yeah, I'm excited to have Colin here. Thanks for uh, coming out to Port Stanley. To the Port Stanley sessions here, because um, yeah, it's like a limited time studio out here, mm-hmm. but I think it's like perfect spot to launch the podcast because you got the, uh, you've got the we literally nice have uh, we're on top of a hill, mm-hmm. and we've got the water to the south of us right now to Lake Erie, so it is a perfect spot to do mm-hmm. the Rewild My Bio podcast. Totally. I think, yeah, but yeah, so welcome. Um, how was how was your drive out? Really relaxing. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I got you out here today. Yeah, it's good because I uh, so. Yeah, we're, we might as well get right into talking about Colin and, and BPM Fitness because Colin sure. had a day uh, training folks, right? Mm-hmm. Were you training some classes today? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're doing? Um, yeah, so Colin was training folks at BPM Fitness in London, Ontario, which is the fitness and yoga studio that he is the owner of. And um, well, we'll chat more about that. And uh, But yeah, no, I was, uh, I'm was. i glad I got you out here because you had that little that, that little, trainer little split. Window I'm, time. I'm, yeah, I remember yeah. the trainer split. <laughs> like it's like you can get so much done in that window, though, right? You get yeah. your morning clients, you get your afternoon clients. So it's just like it's up to you. Mm-hmm. So for you, you said, "Hey, let's get a podcast in." Yeah. And to that, I am grateful. But um, yeah, tell let's let's talk about BPM Fitness because we're we're here today, um, 2020, off and running. Um, we're actually in 2019 still and recording this podcast pre, but we're we're thinking goals already because Colin and I. 
in the business of setting goals, um, me not so much for people anymore, but for myself always, and you working with folks, setting goals, fitness goals, and, and health goals all the time. So I thought, why not, who can I talk to about goal setting um, that I know that would, you know, maybe float float the boat or it's the same ideas that I kind of have going right now and, and Colin came to mind. So um, yeah, let's chat about BPM Fitness because you guys have just achieved a goal in that you're moving to a new facility. So I guess tell folks a little bit about, well, let's actually back up because I'm thinking, thinking even to my intro to this, like um, I had been a trainer for a number of years and Colin was a member of, of that gym. And at the time you were actually in, in school for uh, undergrad or for mm-hmm. kinesiology. Yeah. And then you decided to become a massage therapist. Yeah. So you went that route. So you've had a wild adventure, a wild ride. Mm-hmm. So tell us folks, yeah, tell yeah. folks how you kind of got into this wild path of yours. Oh man. So um, it started for me when uh in 2012 when my dad passed away so i've always been into like fitness and you know typical kind of like bro science type of uh stuff right, right. so <laughs> for sure definitely been there the yeah the uh fitness at the time was primarily bodybuilding and there was not much in terms of functional at least not not that was mainstream no not really then no. so um yeah so in 2012 my dad passed away which really you know when someone so close to you uh, has an experience with death, with physical death, it makes you really rethink, uh, your life trajectory, at least it did for me. And, um, it was at that time where I was working a pretty much, you know, 12 hour days, manual labor. I was a a apprentice carpenter and, um, I really just felt the desire for something more for my life. And, um, I wanted to basically use, use what my dad taught me, um, to help people essentially. And, uh, he was not a very healthy man. So he was like, he just lived under chronic stress Mm -hmm. and, um, passed away quite early. He was 56. So I, um, basically I was like, well, I guess in order to be healthy, I need to do the opposite of what my dad did. Um, but yeah, that was, that served as the main inspiration for me to really kind of go into it and really, you know, get myself healthy and do, do what I can, uh, to live my, the, you know, the quote unquote best version of myself right. and, um, inspire those around me to do the same. Right on. Well, you were, you were hungry too, as I recall. And I, I, I thought I probably could put a year to it. Like when, when did you start working out at, at, uh, at hybrid when I was there, I guess. Yeah. So I that started the I there. At. Yeah. September of 20, 2012. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So right then and there. Okay. Yeah. I see. I didn't know that part of your story at all. Yeah. You're kind of coming, but you were hungry for like fitness knowledge. You were like hungry in like, yeah. a huge way. And so like, I remember us kind of having this uh, relationship early on. Cause like I would be doing workshops on all things about, uh, I remember, I think you, I don't know if you came to the one that I tried to like hippie out with the title and call it like, Oh yin, yeah. Yin in the shoulder. I or went whatever. Yang, yeah. You went to that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. We're so doing, I was um, doing fermentation workshops as well. And yeah, we were doing all sorts of like cool workshops, but you had this real like thirst for again going beyond just like say the bro science and what have you, right? And you were looking for like some 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 real stuff, some real change. Yeah. So it was neat because at that time I was definitely deep into yeah personal training world. I had you know been at it for a good solid ten years at that point, and you, I just remember you being very like thirsty for knowledge, and I could see like whoa, this guy's like he's got what it takes. So then here we are like later. Yeah. And now the student, as they say, has become the teacher. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm uh, oh, asking thanks, you, man. Oh, no, for sure. Cause uh, no, and I'm actually like really super Sorry. grateful. No, go ahead. I'm super grateful to have, uh, have had clients not you not say you were a client per se, but you're there, all the workshops and that. And, but I have other clients who had like 
quit their day jobs and actually became personal trainers. And to me, that was oh, a wow. huge, yeah, that was a huge like yeah. uh, compliment to me. So I was like super happy. And I saw you as like kind of one of those people as well. It's like, where's this going to go? And mm-hmm. yeah, so, so anyway, so then after, so then you got into fitness. Yeah. Uh, at the gym so, anyways. Yeah. So I actually first came to hybrid, um, because my low back was in such pain, mm-hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> there was a physical root of that, you know, I, I tried to hoist my, uh, my father's antique BMW motorcycle up on its, uh, oh, you did. on the center stand and I just did it wrong and like twisted my back. And, oh, but, um, but uh, there's also, of course, the emotional and metaphysical component to that as right. well. Right. So right. I was working through that and then, um, I had actually asked somebody at hybrid that I knew that worked there for a recommendation for a physiotherapist. And mm-hmm. she said, well, just come, come to hybrid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I worked with a, so a kinesiologist there and instantly like my back pain was gone. Right. Um, so I thought, okay, there's something to, you know, mobility and movement that makes my back feel better. Right. And, you know, like, let's, let's keep and for me, like, like learning about my, my own body and, and, uh, my own anatomy and, and mobility and soft tissue mm-hmm. techniques and whatnot was really like medicine and therapy. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was not only was it like 45 minutes to spend loosening up my my own body and, and um, taking away my own pain, but it's also time that I can spend developing an intimate relationship with my body. Right. So to speak. Yep. Thank so you, um, going through the motions like that, or not just going through the motions, but yeah. actually like thinking about and, and seeing how like certain emotions are stored, say in your low back. And as you're working them out, maybe on a foam roller, you're kind of going through in your head certain mm-hmm. things that you might need to go to through to let's say, let things go on an emotional level too, whether you're conscious of this or not. Right. It is, yeah. things, it is things that happens. Right. So, so really, so that's, uh, so that's your, in, that's your basically into the functional strength training world. Yeah. Very similar to me. Yeah. Injury, injury. And I guess I never had a, a family member pass away, but yeah, it was, it was an injury that uh, happened to me. And yeah, leading up to that, I was actually, I was around 25 exactly, I believe. And it was like leading up to then I had been into bodybuilding and that whole thing in my early twenties. And then as soon as I had broken an ankle trying to skateboard, I, uh, realize that I'm like, you know, I want to get back into a different type of fitness. And that's when I found functional fitness and, uh, yeah, mobility, stability, and taking care of my body in a little bit more mm. of a, a proper way that's going to be sustainable as you age. Right. So yeah. cool. So there you are. So yeah. then you, uh, you went to school. I was, mm-hmm. I'm kind of kiboshing your story. Keep no, it's all good. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in school for kinesiology and, you know, meanwhile, learning as much as I can on my own about like functional fitness and, and, uh, you know, things like that. And then, um, the following, spring i had taken this uh this course through a company called dts fitness education right and yeah at the time it's the dts level one and that was spring of 2013 and that totally changed the way i looked at everything right so Um, dts for those listening is darby training systems which is a uh functional uh fitness school i guess you or uh yeah like a trainer a trainer a personal trainer institution or a strength coach uh sort of educational body that is uh training whole sorts of different yeah they've got all all kinds of courses right. now okay but so that's uh, where that's what got you started yeah, anyways yeah. your first certification yeah cool. it, it gave me like the um what do they say Com- uh competence begets confidence mm. i think is one of their uh their lingos and it definitely was the case for me like it just empowered me so much to um to be confident in in my own uh, approach and programming for clients and whatnot um and it was during that course, um, I remember the instructor, instructor Kevin Darby, he, uh, he was about to demonstrate fascial stretch therapy, and he asked somebody in the crowd, he's like, who, who here has tight hamstrings? And I shot up my hand immediately because like 
my tight hamstrings were like a chronic for me. Right. And then uh, he goes, okay, so I'm going to have him go up on the table. So I went up on the massage table and it's got four straps and um, he starts working on my, uh, my right leg, I believe it was. So it does, you know, a 45 second to a minute type of therapy sequence. So stretch or what have you. Yeah, right. on, on my right leg, on my on my hip more. The, the glute complex to mm. be more accurate, uh, the adductors and right. in the, in the so bent knee essentially, and um, gets me out of the out of the straps and then lifts my opposite leg up, essentially performing a straight leg test, mm-hmm. and uh, did the before and after and, and my opposite leg shot up <laughs> like to like I don't know an insane amount and range of motion. So you're sold. So I was sold. I was like, yeah. whoa, what yeah. the hell is going on right. here? Like, why is my left hamstring uh how was that range of motion increased so much and he didn't even touch my left leg whatsoever he just stretched my right and that mm-hmm. was kind of like that was kind of like the selling point with uh with fascial stretch so then right. the following spring after that so a year later after that i enrolled in that course um and by that time i had been um uh, switch i had switched from kinesiology into massage therapy because right. I, I think i had a pretty clear vision for myself at that time I wanted to do to focus primarily on fascial stretch therapy and personal training and then right. you know I was in the massage therapy program so that uh you know clients could um <clears throat> use their benefits yeah, for right. <laughs> their right. insurance benefits yeah right exactly yeah. no which is a beautiful thing because it can help people well I remember yeah. when you decided to forego your 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 registration that I was bummed I'm like I can't use my benefits anymore yeah yeah which is a whole nother topic on integrative health services but no I mean I think it's great that you you knew what you wanted to do and you went after it and you said, I really want to work with people that want to, that can and want to work with mm-hmm. me, right? So, and I think you've done a great job in, in like, you know, building a whole gym kind of with that mentality. That was like, that was years ago now. So, yeah. Well, thank so, yeah. You. Yeah. So, I mean, then you, um, you got into the fascia stretch therapy and then, yeah, I guess that's, but when did you get into BPM? You got to lead to that. Yeah. So after I uh, finished massage school, I was, uh, as you say, I was hungry, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was really wanting to make a difference and, and start working with people immediately, right? Um, however, I was kind of, <laughs> I was really picky in terms of where, where I wanted to work, you know, where I wanted to, to have my practice. And, um, uh, it was, I think it was like Sunfest in London one, one, uh, one year and I was walking down Sunfest and I met up with this friend of mine and, um, and he, he introduced me to this guy named Eddie and, uh, and I, and we got to talking and. He was telling me about like, you know, what's my ideal space and the ideal scenario. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to like work in a gym where, you know, it's, it's functional training, but it also is like holistic and, you mm-hmm. know, burn sage and Paul Santo and all <laughs> those, like all the hippie stuff that I'm into. Right. And Eddie goes, I have a gym exactly like that. Uh, do you want to come by sometime? So I'm like, no way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, um, and at the time I had been, um, interviewing at Good Life actually, oh, you were. and, uh, they were going to hire me at whatever level trainer like yeah, level two or level three or whatever oh, they were going something okay. like that they gave you something at least something good. yeah yeah good. and um and uh then i just i just you know i had this inner feeling that i need to follow the uh the route that was presented to me through it through my friend eddie right who's uh you know so eddie's actually the original um owner of bpm fitness so right. he opened bpm in january 2014 so almost okay. six years ago <laughs> now and um yeah, I just like had this intuitive hit that I need to follow that. And um, yeah, so I did. And then I started coaching and training there. Uh, I think it was August of, or July or August of um, 
2015. Okay. So it's about wow. almost five years right now. When we started Booch, I guess, would have been right around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, right, I think right. it was right it around was, that It was, you're right, too, because yeah. we both got really busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically from there on. I remember running yeah, into you in totally. the farmer's market. Yes. In fact, I was just telling somebody about that oh, really? today. Oh, running funny. into you in the farmer's market yep. with, like, yep. your little coolers of Booch. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah, <laughs> from a cooler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's so totally. funny, because it was around the same time, because, yeah, we both got really busy in that time. and then. So, yeah, so then, so Eddie had asked you to come work there as a massage therapist, right? Yeah, as a as a personal trainer um, and a group fitness instructor and uh, with the ability to do my massage therapy and fascial stretch therapy right, uh, right out of BPM. Mm-hmm. So um, it was good. It was, um, at the time, like it was a really, really good fit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just continued doing that. And then it got to the point a couple of years later after that where I, um, I wanted to just focus on fascial stretch. Right. And I really wanted to make a go of that. Um, and then... A while after um, Eddie had kind of decided that he wanted to move on from uh, from that business, mm-hmm. and essentially, like, uh, yeah, so I took over. Right, I took over because, um, yeah, not, uh, and it wasn't in my plans. You know, it wasn't definitely. Yeah, not I'm talking for, about goal setting and manifestation, yeah. right? Cause yeah, it's like yeah, here you are having this goal, like goal to have this facility work at a facility, but now all of a sudden you're the one in charge of it. You're the one running it, yeah, making the shots and doing everything. Right, yeah, it's just yeah. amazing to see how you manifest. I guess. Uh, no, that's awesome because it's almost a great segue. But before I segue into goal setting and stuff, which we'll talk about, um, just want you to sell folks here. Here we are in the new year. People might be like, I need something new. Mm-hmm. You're saying the FST, fascial stretch therapy. Uh, yeah. I'm sold on it because I was one of your like clients and I was like, yeah, whatever you want. You're switching to fascial stretch. Let's do it. Yeah. 90 minute sessions. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I was down, but sell, sell the folks at home here that might not know what fascial stretch therapy is and maybe why they might want to consider finding a, a massage therapist that also is doing some fascial stretch therapy, maybe in conjunction or totally or, or whatever, just just in case they want something new. Yeah, so um, fascial stretch therapy, one of the, the key um, things that makes it different than any other modality out there, in my opinion, is uh, it's no pain approach. So <sighs> yeah, so it's very uh, common mentality, like no pain, no gain, in the especially in the therapy world. And I think that For has sure. its place. You know, I think like certain modalities, yeah, you got to get in there and dig in. Right. Um, but the nice thing with fascial stress therapy is um, it feels amazing. So there's at no point in uh, a session uh, do you feel like cringing or wincing, you right. know? Um, and it's just a time where you can go in, you can relax, you're on a table and you're essentially being stretched right. by a practitioner. And um, yeah, it's the, uh, the benefits and... Um, the, the, what am I trying to say here? Like the, it's efficacy on improving it's, range of motion. And it's very, it's very efficient, very effective at what yeah, it's yeah. set out to do. And mm-hmm. I would totally second in that it's, there is like that uh, pain approach with massage therapists often that you got to get in there and have like, you know, deep tissue massages mm-hmm. that is somewhat painful. But I feel like with fascial stretch therapy, it is much more effective and you don't have to necessarily go through that type of pain or what have you. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I definitely, I, I love it. And I guess my reason for asking that is because well, one, I wanted to give folks something new to try, but I feel like you're seeing a lot of different uh, massage therapists out there now also uh, advertising that they also are fascial stretch therapists. So I yeah. thought that maybe folks might see the FST next to someone's name, RMT FST say here in Canada is how it, it, you'd see it yeah. a lot. And I think it's just uh, if folks see that, it's like, Hey, um, if you're paying for these, you know, these treatments, you might as well get, 
best bang for your buck. So give totally give some fascial stretch therapy a try. Yeah. And there's uh, my friend actually um, opened a uh, stretching clinic. So mm-hmm. he's a yeah he's a massage therapist and now and um, I actually met him at my level two fascial stretch therapy course. His name is Rui, okay. and uh, his company is called Stretch Health Canada. So based in London, Ontario. Um, just, uh, around the Richmond, Oxford area. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's his, uh, new business. He's been there for, I think at least six months, maybe even a year now. Wow. So a business um, solely on, on just, so yes, yeah, on fascial stretch therapy. That's so awesome. it's a, it's incredible. So I, I often refer Sorry. clients to, uh, to that business, to his yeah. business, to, uh, nice. stretch. Cause that's not something I focus on myself anymore. Right. Um, but something I believe in for sure. Right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think here. We got into the fascial stretch therapy. We told mm-hmm. folks how you're doing that. Did we even get into the uh, BPM part yet? So what just happened here is we had a technical glitch and I had to re-pick up where we were talking. But let's get into uh, BPM Fitness and let's chat about the, the ownership structure. You are you are now the owner. Um, mm-hmm. I I guess we're going to maybe just squash over the whole story because I don't want to retell the story per se. <laughs> yeah, no, but you, you went, yeah, you went from fascial stretch therapy and then you basically, um, or, you know, being trained in it and then finding a facility at BPM Fitness you're working with Eddie and then Eddie said, Hey, do you want to take over the gym basically? Yeah. And I said, no. <laughs> yeah. The first couple of times he asked me and you know what? I was just like, cause I, I knew, I knew it was involved in owning a gym. And at the time I was like, nah, I want to focus on fascia stretch therapy. But like, you know, and, and I think at the time, like that was just my ego, right. you know, really wanting to like identify. Cause at the time I, you know, I wanted to be the best, right. you know, I wanted to be like the best massage therapist, the best fascia stretch therapist and the yeah. most successful and this and that and the other thing. And, uh, it was just all my ego, you know? Right. And, um, and then I just had to really just surrender and allow myself to be guided, mm. um, because it kept coming up, you know, it's like, I would talk to some friends and be like, you need to do this Colin. like, you right. should totally do this. Right. And, um, and then, yeah, uh, it was about a month, maybe a month after he asked me the first time I was like, yes, okay. Yeah. I'm in, let's You're do this. Right. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it was I mean, it's amazing because, yeah, here you are now with a new new facility in the works. So let's talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit because we haven't really touched on that. So you have a, now you have a new facility, and I, Chelsea, your wife, is a co-owner of the facility, mm-hmm. um, yoga tr- teacher trained. So, yeah, tell us about what the whole, the spin or the new vibe or the whole new philosophy yeah, so, on BPM is. So um, we've been, we we redid the branding right. in, uh, in this past year to really kind of encompass our holistic approach. And, um, yeah, so... The new facility is opening up, you know, February 1st of 2020. So really, really soon. And um, in this new space, we're able to have a yoga studio and a fitness studio in one. So um, keeping two separate spaces, two separate spaces. Yeah, yeah. Because we really believe in, you know, balance, right? So yin to the yang. For sure. Masculine, feminine, um, mm-hmm. and fitness right. and yoga are are the perfect um, balance for each other. You right. know, and we all need to downregulate our nervous system and you know um, lengthen our tissues right. as well as strengthen. For sure. So um, yeah, we Chelsea and I had been feeling this this call to really build a more holistic yoga program in addition to our fitness program, mm-hmm. and um, this is kind of could we could get into and. Uh, the uh, intention setting because that's right that's where it all came from is uh you know in um this this time last year mm, we right. really set the intention yeah. for growth and um we we drew out our ideal studio on paper mm. and um spent some time visualizing and meditating on this and um yeah and here we are a year later 
Yeah, so it's happening. You guys totally vi- visualize that in. Sorry, we got yep. tech we got tech glitches here left and right here today, which I am working on. But anyways, um, yeah, so we'll, let's, we'll get into that whole envisioning because we'll dive deep into goal setting to actually give folks something kind of, you know, maybe practical or maybe theoretical about goal setting. But um, mm. we'll dive into your process because I think that's crazy how you guys put pen to paper and, and here you are today achieving it so um but yeah to kind of back up and go into you guys philosophy around like yin and yang and balance um i absolutely love your philosophy and this is what i i think had had earlier said why i was so excited to see you kind of uh be hungry for what i was putting out when i was a trainer it was that holistic aspect of fitness right and i'll definitely have you back in and we'll totally go into like life as a holistic personal trainer and what that means to you because i think for me it was very tough trying to sell something holistic in uh, a time maybe or maybe a space that wasn't it wasn't so receptive maybe it was the way I was putting it out but again holistic the word holistic often kind of people thinking it's woo woo it's airy fairy it's soft you know I'm here to lift some weights and do some Olympic lifts do some CrossFit but no one really wants to again lengthen they just want to strengthen so mm. I love this is a long way of saying I love seeing posts that you guys will do on Instagram where it's like folks just after a workout just like totally zend out stretching mm-hmm. or you're like you know going around or whatever it's just some stretching going on and it's just like peaceful vibes and i've been in there where i've come you know meet you for lunch and it's just like oh it's almost like paul santo in here or it's supposed yeah. to be sage in here it's like what, what do you like what was just going on did you just have a workout class it's like, yeah. yeah it was just like cool down time and it's so true like people's perceptions of fitness i remember way back in my physical activity research days there was a study on folks that just get up and leave the gym after an ass-kicking workout mm-hmm. they're gonna have negative um preconceptions or they're going to have negative thoughts and feelings of that whole space when they leave in that like fight or flight Mm. stressful state so by just taking five minutes and literally bringing your nervous system down the whole workout experience in your brain and your perception of it will be a lot more favorable and you'll be more likely to like come back Mm. so i mean yeah so so well done that's a well clients are stuck with this for so long well that's why you guys get to uh yeah so i mean we've been all over the place we literally had two technical glitches here with this so i'm forgetting exactly as to what we had said and what we haven't so i apologize to the folks out there but we'll we'll figure it out but basically, yeah, no, what I want to do now is let's, so we chatted about, yeah, you guys' marriage of, of, of yoga and fitness and, uh, and kudos to you guys for doing that too and, and being able to expand it. Just, I guess it's, for me, it's kind of, I'm, I'm happy to see, uh, you know, that brand or that style of personal training really have demand for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you guys got a great location. You guys are now, so for folks in London, Ontario, um, you guys are downtown right now on Dundas Street, but you're moving to where exactly? Uh, Clarence, uh, Clarence street. So mm-hmm. between King street and York street. Okay. So, so pretty much right around the corner from where right we right are now. Yeah. Perfect for members. That's great. Um, so yeah, we'll, let's do that. We'll chat more about, uh, we'll come back in and we can talk about, let's chat about, I think what would be a neat episode cause we were chatting about this before, but it will, we'll come back in and we'll talk about like fitness for yoga and yoga for, or I should say exercise or strength training for, for yoga and mm-hmm. yoga for strength training and like yeah. things to watch out for, um, and things to do if you're a yogi or if you're, you know, a, a gym, a gym rat or what have you and things you could do in the yoga studio to help you out with that. So let's save that for another one. And, uh, let's get into the whole talk about, Goal setting, because as I had long-windedly said, I think so eloquently before the technical <laughs> difficulty happened, but uh, my process for goal setting has very much changed in recent years because I'm uh, not one to necessarily sit down and like stick to, a, say, a five-year plan. I'm 36 years old. I did a five-year plan at 35. I did one at 30. Um, it's crazy to see how different my life ended up being, and it's almost like a, a joke because it's like, this is what I, you know, this is what I was... 
mm-hmm. set on and this is what happened. So I guess I've really developed or matured in recent years where now I can kind of flow with my, uh, my life, right. And rather than like be so rigid in my goal setting and be like, no, this is a smart goal. And I had set it and I, I want to achieve it and just being more fluid. So for me, I haven't necessarily been, uh, you know, doing like a, a solid new year's resolution plan per se, but I've been doing, uh, more so my meditation practice on the daily is very much my reflective, reflexive practice of seeing what does work in my life and what doesn't. So, um, shamanic journeying has been a practice of mine that I've been doing for some time, but really rigorously save more so in the last like year. And that's a time where I can ask a question, say about my life as to seeking, say some type of practical answer. So I've been doing that almost like on a daily basis when I need things. So kind of just being open to, to being guided towards what I need to do. And I get a lot of answers that way. So if I were to just be so rigid and just, no, I set this goal a year ago, or I set this five-year plan four years ago. It's like, I got to stick to that. It just seems mad to me. So I'm, uh, so that's kind of my goal here today is, is I want, I want to chat, chat about new year's resolutions, you know, what's worked for me, what's worked for you, what you like to do. Um, and that's kind of where I'm coming at now. So I'll share my practice in a bit and get your two cents on it. But, um, let's go into your practice and let's talk about your, your last year and your envisioning and, and you're writing things down for uh, BPM and that. Well, how, how was that for you? Yeah, so um, I think in previous years, I was really against New Year's resolutions. I was like, ah, yeah. oh, they're full of shit, and, you know, like nobody ever achieves them and whatnot. And, um, you know, at the time, obviously, that's a really strong egoic statement uh, or belief system to have because um, I think it can work if depending on the person, right? Right, well said. So, um, sure. Yeah, because some people, a rigid goal might work very well. Like I, because I was very much a New Year's resolution person and it was working mm-hmm. for me. Like I was, you know, be able to achieve goals or at least get towards them and, you know, learn from my failures and things like that. But I was the opposite. So yeah, again, to your point, I guess it totally depends on the type of person. Some mm-hmm. people might be more air element. Some people might be more earth element and they need to kind of ground themselves in some realistic to do's. Yeah. Right? So yeah. 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 I mean, if it works, it works, right? Right. Totally. So, yeah. um, but however, you know, last year was the first time that I had, really created a ceremony and an intention around new years and what I want for myself in 2019 and what do we want for the business in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what we had done is Chelsea and I had had a f- couple of friends over and we all came together and really, you know, did a meditation, did some prayer mm-hmm. and really focused, uh, on what we wanted in 2019. And Chelsea and I had drawn out at that time, our ideal fitness and yoga studio. So mm. on pen and paper, we did right. like a floor plan and planned out, you know, where the That's equipment awesome. would go and what it would look like and, and, you know, vision boarding and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I got to say like, that was a really, really powerful time. Mm. So not only did we do that, that work and that intention, but we also carried that into our daily life. Ah. So, you know, I had mentioned, I don't know if this part got cut off, but we talked about uh, reading the book Dynamic Thought by Henry Thomas Hamblin. And in that book, it was written in the early 1900s. It's a lot like Think and Grow Rich, um, but more <laughs> condensed and more straight to the point. Uh, he talks about having a daily practice of visualization and meditation. And it's really interesting because this is the this daily practice, even 15, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever it is, is something that is across the board, across all, you know, metaphysics practices. Right. Um, many like Christian and Muslim uh, mystics talk about it. And Steiner, who's, right. you know, I've been reading more Rudolf Steiner these yeah. days, talks about like having 
like how important it is to have that time in the morning. Right. Um, and, you know, I would use this time to continue to visualize and feel and, you know, mm. see myself in the new space and, right. and see the bricks and see, you know, where the equipment's going and, and the flooring and really just kind of build it out right. uh, in my, um, in, you know, in your mind, in my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in my right. mind's yeah. eye. Putting energy towards it. Yeah. Right. And um, so here we are a year later, I've been All doing right. this practice and that obviously um, having that uh, vision mm -hmm. has influenced the choices and has influenced the actions that I take throughout my day right. And having it so kind of front and center in my focus, mm -hmm. you know, and, and now we're exactly what, like one month away from it right. opening, right? you know, it's far out. And yeah. I'm glad that you said that it, it did. It wasn't just the act of putting it down on a piece of paper and be like, there it is. It's a vision board. And so, and, and so it is, and it will come true now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is a bringing it into your daily practice mm -hmm. um, and actually envisioning it and like, I can smell what it's going to smell like I can, I almost feel what the walls will like, you know, mm -hmm. and actually putting it, putting it into, uh, into being, into life almost from, through your mind and through that whole process. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really happy to hear you say that you, uh, you went beyond just the setting of a, of an intention or of a, of a, of a resolution. You actually went and brought that into your daily practice and you envisioned it every day. So that did influence your actions, which I think is the biggest important thing there is that you have to actually follow through and get shit done, right? So you actually mm -hmm. have to make different actions. So it's not just this resolution that you set and say, oh, I'm going to quit doing this. And then therefore, you know, and, and it just, it's just kind of a random thing that just popped in your head six weeks later, you're doing it again. So let's talk more about, because I think that's interesting because there was two things that you said there that are, that are very similar to my process that I've been around the winter solstice and the new year. And one was prayer and one was like, uh, kind of like a ceremony almost like getting friends together. So, um, can you speak more to either one of those, like the ceremony or the prayer? Was there anything that specific that you did or that you continued to do? What do you think that helped create that energy? Cause that's the thing I think, um, I think in preparation for things, that's where, um, that energy carries forward. So if you mm -hmm. want to have us big new gym or if I want to start a, uh, you know, kombucha company, for me, example, it was really big that we have a bottle that really embodies our values, right? So down to the logo, to the, the community aspect, the, uh, the environmental sustainability piece, all these things, right? So, um, so for you, what was your ceremony? What was your preparation kind of going towards all this? Yeah, um, for sure. And I, th you know, a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two prior to the New Year's, uh, New Year of 2019, we had started reading that book, Dynamic Thought. And um, so we had already established a practice of uh, a daily practice. But, you know, um, we had a couple of friends over that night, that New Year's Eve. And for us, I, I don't even really remember what we did. I know we, you know, we pulled cards and <laughs> we lit Sage and Palo Santo and, and uh, did like a group meditation. And what we did, so we, we would write down um, our intentions um, for ourselves in the new year. So business relationship, you know, personal growth wise. And then, uh, we shared it with each other. Oh, cool. And, uh, what we did after we shared it with each other is we all, uh, meditated on it and kind of sent, you know, I guess like a creative energy, mm -hmm. um, to each other's intentions oh, for the nice. year. So I feel like that really, really made it powerful too. Right. And sharing and every one of us that had set intentions, I got to say this year, it's all come to pass, you know, like wow. my, one of my, my friend set an intention of, you know, moving 
to Toronto and establishing right. a practice there and, you know, meeting, uh, meeting his life partner, which right. all of those things have now come to pass this past year. So it's pretty, pretty wacky, pretty, yeah. uh, in a good get, way. I'll have to get said friend on the show. Cause I really want to talk about his energy work and stuff. Like yeah. That yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, so, cool. um, so yeah, I think, but you know, it wasn't uh, for me, I don't think it was necessarily the, the, uh, the type of ceremony we had, but it's just that we had a ceremony, right. You know, so, um, right. Is and again just that time where it's you can good point. come together. It doesn't have to be some huge anything. It's a, a gathering of individuals, yeah, um, with the with the set intention, and uh, you know, giving it your your focus the best that you can in that moment, right? That's, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think that's it's important for folks to know is that your ceremony could look like anything. It's just coming together, I think, with people with an intention, um, and you're doing it in you know like a, I'd say a rigorous way in a way like you're not just yeah. like watching tv in the background or something while you're exactly. doing it right you're actually yeah. putting your focus mind mindfully putting your energy and attention to it right mm-hmm. so that's awesome and then um so yeah you said you guys did, had done like you know you started with like a prayer or meditation and that and then you kind of went right into it and then here we are now how much bigger is the, the new facility it's about three times the size three times the size yeah nice yeah a little over than three times size right. nice yeah okay no that's um and what i'm going to do now is i'll kind of go into uh well my my process um, well, you know what, I think, I think what's most important is that, well, we'll come back around to, to your stuff and, and what else you even think about my process. Cause journaling has been a big part of my life for the last couple years. Um, and, and beyond that too, but really I use it last uh, couple years while going through kind of the dark night of the soul and it helped me with depression and mental health and just feeling like a million bucks again. And it was a process of sitting at the base of a tree and journaling, right? So doing tree time journaling where you're just doing like uh, free form you know, stream of consciousness type, type journaling and seeing what's coming through. A lot of times I would frame things through the elements. So if I was feeling rather like say earthly that day, or if I was feeling like fire, I would kind of write or journal as if I am that element and it would see what would come out in that way. And it was just a really interesting process. But for me, I've been doing, um, I've been doing uh, stream of conscious journaling or expressive journaling. And I've been part of a journaling club uh, called uh fucking smile foundation, which is (laughs) is fucking hilarious, but it's, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, actually a a great individual who I got to meet down in Costa Rica. My most recent ayahuasca ceremony, uh, is one of the founders of this, of this group and that, and, uh, I just thought it was a great tool for me to integrate because they give you journal prompts and that, um, after coming back from Costa Rica. So anyways, I've been doing that and, uh, it's been huge, like leading up to this, because I've been able to through these prompts, anyways. Because I would normally just do gratitude journaling and this tree time journaling, um, which is also I, I very very beneficial. But I've never been given prompts before, so here mm. I am, kind of going deep into some very reflexive stuff, and it just being you know the culmination of of a decade. A lot of people putting a lot of energy to that. To me, it doesn't again doesn't really matter. End of a month, end of a season, end of a whatever. But it is an end, so it's a nice time to reflect. So really looking at um, with this journal practice and going into you know, the end of a, a year, end of a decade, I've been able to really get kind of deep into what it is that are the, what are the questions that I want to have answered as I go forward? Like, what am I leaving behind? What am I taking with me? Right. So I don't know for you, I mean, you do your, your daily practice. What did your daily practice look like? How did you, did you journal at all? Did you, uh, did you kind of like dream in or just envision your space? What was your daily practice like? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I haven't dabbled into journaling, but I think that's something I want to start exploring yeah I'll throw this I'll, I'll, I'll throw the link to the fucking smile foundation and yeah. i do hope to have this uh this individual eric godsey on the show actually we chatted briefly before the holidays about it 
So I hope to have this as like a, a New Year episode as well. I might uh, set a New Year's resolution to uh, oh, you're going to journal it? more yeah. right now on the show. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know we were setting <laughs> resolutions. I'm, I'm glad something yeah. good for this came out. Of you. Um, so yeah. my process in the morning is, uh, is you know, it, it kind of fluctuates, but every day I wake up and I spend you know minimum 15 minutes. Um, I use the Insight Timer app and mm-hmm. I just have some nice soft music going. Yep. And um, yeah, I, I visualize everything. I visualize what the space would look like. Mm-hmm. I visualize the type of clients that I want to work with. I visualize their success. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, and even our current members at BPM now, I visualize all of their success. Right. And I, uh, like I, I, cause they share their goals with me. Right. right? So right. I, um, I put intention wow. into, uh, into them achieving success as well. And, and, what that would look like and what that would feel like for them. Um, cause we have that, that like that, that's our business or, right. or like we're a service oriented and heart centered business. Right. So I like to spend some time connecting with that. Right. And then, you know, yeah, like visualizing my visualizing myself as, uh, as successful and what that looks like to me. And, um, so it's really kind of hard to explain, but my, um, over the last year having developed this practice, uh, my visualization, I guess, uh, technique or my visualization mm-hmm. powers is it's on point. It's on point. Yeah. It's on point. Uh, like as soon as I close my eyes, I can see it, you know, it's, I can feel it. No, yeah. I was in the room. I'm not even been there yet. And I literally can cause I'm kind of just sensing you talking about it. And I know you got a way of con- constructing things energetically that I, yeah. I you know, I, I believe in. So I can, I can see it here too, but you're really sad. I'm thinking here, I'm like smiling as you're talking. Cause I'm thinking, gosh, you're really selling, you sold me on FST. You're really selling me on this whole holistic personal trainer bit. And it's not, obviously I, you're preaching to the choir with me, but like, and I'm not trying to sell anybody. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying like, man, you're like here, here Colin is in his, in his daily practice, you know, envisioning success for his clients and just like what type of like, again, preparation goes into your business. It's, mm-hmm. it's truly amazing. So, Kudos to you because that's uh, that's why you want a holistically minded personal yeah, trainer. Totally. I often had this like new saying recently, and I don't know if it'll stick or if I'll ever like publish it anyway. But I guess I would be publishing it by. S- this is just a work in progress, folks. I'm going to say this, but like, it's like, how did it go? Um, don't take advice. Ha! Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like don't take health advice from anybody who hasn't like meditated a day in their life because it's just like I feel like yeah. it's such an important <laughs> piece of health and like at least in my time yeah, oh, of training and fitness and like obviously the way our, our biomedical like model of healthcare there's no space for like meditation as mm-hmm. being evidence based or anything in in well, daily it's becoming evidence based you know, now. Well, of course, like no, no, at least in daily practice, so you're not. Yeah, like, yeah you're having a hard time even like prescribing physical activity, let alone like go sit under a tree and journal. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's just Fair like enough. yeah, no. So anyways, it's uh. It's very, it's very interesting or it's, it makes me very happy to hear you chatting mm-hmm. about all this stuff because that's, I think, what is the full package and you need health practitioners and people that are, are, are meditating. Yeah, for at sure. At least a little bit. At least they've done it once. Well, even mean, if they're not doing it yeah. daily, I'm not like shitting on you for not meditating. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, if you've never meditated at least once, do not take advice. Do not take health advice. I think that's, that's pretty a, sound that's, advice. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. We're gonna, yeah. That's how we're going to publish yeah. that one. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> no, I'm totally with you on meditation though. Um, because even if you're not journaling leading up to say like the winter solstice. So for me, the winter solstice is that time where I'm trying to cement the intention. in. so even if I haven't say done my vision board yet, or haven't like, um, at least by the, uh, winter solstice, I'm trying to think what is it that I am leaving behind and what is it that I'm trying to take forward or manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Or what have I accomplished? Like not even say what I'm leaving behind, but what goals have I achieved? Right. Um, so doing that leading up to the winter solstice, but by, I think for me, 
if it's not even in meditation that I'm doing it, my meditation is very much a time for me to strengthen that muscle, um, or that, you know, that intuitive muscle where I'm actually silencing myself for a period of time using an app or whatever meditation technique I want to go and use for that day, but silencing my mind so that I can actually kind of tap into that, um, you know, higher consciousness or, or state of knowing where I'm going to be getting things where I feel like I'm coming from a place of more, uh, openness and creativity rather mm. than ego mindset. This is what I want. This is what society yeah. says I should have. Right. So for me, if it wasn't for the meditation practice, I don't think I'd even have the tools to come to that ceremony in a mindful way to be like, okay, guys, I'm here to put intention behind your goals and my goals. Like, again, I think it's so important that, and this is why journaling is good because you're getting to know yourself first on that deeper level. Mm -hmm. So I think through like having practices all year round, like meditation, you're going to be able to more easily go into a reflective state of mind, if that makes any you know sense, and like be like, oh, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. I think too many folks are doing goals based on what they think they need to do, say, or what's like, this will make me feel happy if right, I right. get here. Because I remember once yep. you came to me during the, the dark night of the soul, and I think you had, or maybe it was even prior to then, but like, I think you asked me, like, do you have to feel like you're like reaching for something that's not here? And at the time when I was a trainer, it was like, yeah, to be the best trainer. I was totally there. And I was on that path of, you know, getting a few awards for some training and that fuels the ego. So you keep going harder and harder and harder. And mm. even with other businesses where you're pushing so much. Yeah. And it's just like, do you ever feel like you're happy right now in this current moment and like i don't think you know that but here's a another example of the student becoming the teacher <laughs> man because it really stuck with me it's like wait a minute i'm constantly fucking striving like yeah. and obviously just getting into yoga and meditation and the whole idea of like non-striving non-judgmental it was one of the hardest pieces for me to grasp and get right so mm -hmm. until i came became quiet enough with myself in meditation practice just kind of full circle this year i wasn't even able to know what it is that actually makes me happy right now in the moment and what i truly want like all these like, you know, awards and like businesses started and, and you know, big paychecks and things like that are all, I, I'd say they're fine and good for some, but for me, that was kind of, I was achieving those goals, but I still wasn't happy. Right. So right, for me, right. it's like, let's who, what, who am I? What do I really want? Mm -hmm. um, and through meditating, uh, that would clean up the space enough for me to even know what the heck it is that I want. So, yeah. So, so that's, I think for me, that's kind of the meditation piece is a huge piece because, yeah, it can silence you to, to even know what the heck it is that you want in the first place. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really uh, neat point that you bring up. And that's something that I really encourage everyone, my clients and everyone to um, really connect with is what are their goals? Yes, like so having goals, everybody's got goals, you know, but more importantly, what why are those goals important and what do we feel um, those goals will bring us. Right. And I think ultimately everybody just wants to be happy and to be free of suffering yeah, you know, and sure. to be healthy. Um, it. so, you know, if somebody's you know, 40 pounds, they want to lose 40 pounds and that's their goal, right? Like, okay, 2020, I finally want to lose these 40 pounds that I've been trying to lose for the last like 10 years. And you know, I, I'll lose 20 and then I'll gain 20 and I'll, or I'll lose 30 and then I'll gain back, whatever. Um, it's like, okay, let's connect with why is losing 40 pounds so important? Mm -hmm. You know, okay, well, because then I'll feel confident. I'll feel happy, then you know, feel, and right. then I'll feel it. So I'm waiting for X to happen before I can feel Y, right. you know? Um, so it's really, really important, I feel like, to connect with the sense of why and what is it that you ultimately want because then you can start creating that vision for yourself, right. you know? And well I think said. anything that... Um, is in the physical in is in the seen world right. has what's first created in the unseen right if you think about like 
architects and buildings and right. things like that. Like some architect like drew up this building in his head or in right. her head. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as a result, now it's now it's in its physical. So I think you need to apply that same type of practice to um, any type of goal setting, especially uh, for the new year is like if you want to lose 40 pounds first realize and connect with why that's important what emotions or what type of uh, emotional health will that bring you right um and try to feel that in the present moment and visualize yourself as having like achieved it already right right? so really trying to bring it from the future um the uh, and and i think the other side to this coin Mm. because there's one thing there's one thing to you know visualize and meditate on what it is that you want and what what you desire but the other side of the coin is you know detachment from the outcome uh you know the tough one and that's a tough one right totally because and i found myself like um and it's it's very like subtle and very like uh like an insidious onset is uh, is attachment right so okay yeah yeah, so this is my vision you know uh for me personally yeah my vision is to grow bpm and to expand industry but and like it's got to happen or else i feel i will feel like a failure right or whatever right so just like removing myself from the outcome and from attaching my emotional well-being to said outcome i think it's a it's a it's a fine line and it's a balance that you gotta practice i'm glad you said that because it is setting the intention and not creating an expectation from that right like yeah. it, it just set the intention let it go and i think that's what people sometimes uh get upset with themselves maybe because they set a goal and it's like oh, i couldn't follow it but like be a little bit more fluid right be, be mm-hmm. a little more water like with your goal setting and don't be so rigid that like hey i have to set this make it an intention don't have an expectation and at least be constantly reflective throughout the process right because then, then from there you can at least you know sp- set the sails in a different direction yeah. you're, you're still on your you're still on your way and i think um you brought up a, a good point too about um kind of going in and feeling what you'll feel like maybe once you've already achieved that goal mm-hmm. i would say even like stepping into that place first almost yeah absolutely. and like and then from there set goals yeah like i've already achieved this wow i'm 40 pounds lighter or whatever mm-hmm. it is your goal is and how does that feel what am i doing differently who who am i now that i've achieved that goal and then from there what's next almost right like um, it's like zooming out, right? And sometimes, because yeah, people are getting uh, often, at least when I was always setting goals back in the day, like, you know, if it was, say, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, mm-hmm. timely, all the, the smart goal setting yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I would, I would, uh, it's almost better that we zoom out or figure out again, like you said, the why and focus on the why it is. Yeah. Sometimes that, even trying to answer that why question just takes a long time. Why yeah. is it that I want to do this, right? Because it takes, again, peeling off layers of maybe like the onion and mm-hmm. kind of breaking down, um, emotions that might be like guarding or might be present as to why it is that I want to lose 40 pounds is because you don't, you don't feel like you're enough unless you lose it. Right. So, yeah. So sometimes yeah, it's like, exactly. like you said, it is very much getting into the, the emotions behind it. Cause those sometimes, um, will, I mean, emotions will lead to dis-ease, right. And dis-ease yeah. leads to illness. And so sometimes these kind of these emotions get created as constructs in our mental framework. And then we're pushing so hard to achieve something to fit into something that again, it's not coming from that heart centered place. It's coming from like an ego place. Yeah. And then even if you achieve it, you're still unhappy. Right. So it's just like, I think, I know I'm just really happy that you said that because yeah, it, yeah. is, it is very much setting the intention and it is very much finding that place. What does it feel like if you already achieve that goal and then going from there? And I think, you know, you touched on something um, just there where you said, uh, where you feel like you're not enough. And I think that's that's a main motivator for um, pretty much everything in our in our uh, 
3D world right now right. in North America is that feeling of not an, not of enough. not being right. enough or this is not enough or I'm not enough. Um, I think that's really, really important to kind of resolve is is that that belief and and you know, taking that example of somebody wanting to lose forty pounds, it's like, well, do you do you feel like you're not enough mm-hmm. as a person or you're not worthy, you know, right now? And it's like a lot of times when you peel back that onion layer, there's a belief system in there that tells that person that they're not worthy or they're not good enough mm-hmm. uh, the way they are. And, you know, they believe that if they lose 40 pounds and, you know, they'll feel better, they'll be more confident and they'll finally feel like they're good right, enough, right, you know? Right. So that's a belief that um, it doesn't matter if you lose 40 pounds or, or 60 pounds or whatever. Like if you don't really start to cultivate the belief system that you right. are enough and that you are right. worthy and you deserve to be happy and you deserve to be uh, healthy and, and vibrant and, and have a lovely and joyous life, like no matter what weight you are, then that's something you're going to always struggle with. So I think that's that's really key is what you said. There's just, it's, um, it's never enough. That's just, yeah. that's just it. And I think that comes, it's like an existential cultural thing in the West, right? Where it's like, you're not enough. You're striving. You have to have the degree. And then from there, you got to have the job. Then you got to have the family. And that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just kind of throwing you into that whole domestication loop. So to essentially to rewild yourself, it's like, who, whose belief is that, that you have, that you're not enough, right? Yeah. Is it, is it come from it? coming from our like domesticated very sick very ill culture or is that truly your belief it's never really truly your belief it's always coming from outside yourself it, yeah. whether it's you know past conditioning from uh you know early childhood years or or if it's just coming from culture but it's never that so i would say to that who is your tribe who is your community who are you hanging out with and that's one of my things that i try to bring in um every uh you know winter solstice every christmas every new year is that i'm trying to bring in community in some ways right so for me like I just, I had told you before I had done a sweat lodge on the solstice, which this year was a Saturday night. So had a couple uh, mm-hmm. Christmas gatherings with great friends. So many, you know, grateful that I had different people to, to choose from to who to hang out on that Saturday night. But I chose the inward journey of the sweat lodge, right? Just because I wanted to ground myself in ceremony or in community um, to, you know, create some energy to carry forward. So I decided to not just do the standard old, you know, um, hang out and just you know maybe drink with some old old friends and that and i'm glad that i did because i mean i still got time to spend with them over the holidays mm-hmm. um but for me it was just putting my time and putting my effort into what i truly value and, and who i want to become i thought that was really good because yeah you have to find a community that's going to help uh bring you up i think and help you be that version that you want to be it's sometimes hard if we've got a f- strong footing in like say the western culture or a family that's not supportive or friends um i think finding community is going to be helpful in helping these things come to fruition, I guess. So, I'm so happy you said that. Oh yeah, how so? Because <laughs> that's that's <laughs> <laughs> so as a as a uh, you know we have like a fitness community, right? You know? and, totally. And like part of our program is like you're you're doing this program with other folks that have similar you know goals and similar intentions. <laughs> so what better you know atmosphere to really do this and to uh, go mm-hmm. into a uh, atmosphere of right. you know, a community of non-judgmental people that totally really just love and support you no matter what. Right. So yeah. See, there was I, told, I knew there was a reason I had <laughs> you. On here, point for no, me. no, you're not. There's a reason I had you on the show in the first place, but but uh, no. So I mean, yeah, to go over a couple of those things. So it's the ha- having that meditation or that inward practice, mm-hmm. um, creating say if you are going to set a goal, having some type of ceremony around it where you're going to um, envision that or draw, put pen to paper, say, 
Um, we also talked about uh, well, having community and having like some type of, um, yeah, like whether it's a sweat lodge type thing or, but yeah, so your meditation and your ceremony or your prayer, those are all very, very good things because they're all going to carry that energy forward to actually give you the energy to then go and get shit done and mm-hmm. put boots on the ground, so to speak, right? So that's, that's all good. One thing that I do um, is I do a vision board and it's a chance for me to get creative and artistic because I'm not often doing that really throughout the year. Like my... Uh, like dance, dance would be, ecstatic dance would be the only real thing that I do on the regular that we're, other than like meditating, which would count, but like I don't get artistic too much is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. So for me doing a vision board um, is awesome because I'm able to, again, having the ability already to know who I am and what I want in life, what makes me happy and setting my goals from there um, after meditating, after journaling, after, you know, participating in ceremonies with uh, community and that for me, I know exactly what my values are. And so for me, a vision board is just something that brings my dream to life, right? And it's a chance to artistically uh, show that on in the physical, right? So that hopefully when I look at it, it gives me that little bit of boost energy when I need it to get out there and get shit done. So um, if you're looking at doing a vision board, really there's no rules, but I think getting clear on some of the stuff that we were already chatting about um, on your questions as to what you want to maybe leave behind, what you want to bring forward, um, and after you've done some ceremony in that and, and using the energy of, of this time of year is so good to do this. So there is something beneficial in that there's so many folks out there yeah. in the collective conscious doing the goal setting. So by putting a little more energy and emphasis into your preparation, your ceremony, your community, your, your prayer, whatever it is that your meditation, whatever it is you're doing, you're going to be able to use the energy of this collective, like this time to hopefully also carry you forward. So for me, um, the really, yeah it's just an important time to do this vision board. And mm-hmm. I really do it every equinox and solstice to be quite honest, where it could, I mean, I don't do vision boards all the time. I just do them this time of year, but I'm um, doing practices, let's say in, um, you know, so this time of year I did a ceremony actually uh, a couple of weeks ago where I burned something that was, that I wanted to leave behind essentially. So did, did that ceremony, but let's say in the spring or uh, planting something in the spring, something that you want to see grow. Right. So you can do these different types of ceremonies as well. But through all these practices, I've distilled values that I feel like are my values. And I want to make sure that things that are on my vision board are things that I value, right? And, and therefore, I want to make sure that there's things that I'm putting my time towards. So it's nice to say, I value fitness or I value yoga. But when are you actually doing yoga, right? So it's like, I want to make sure that what I value, I'm also spending my time there. Yeah. If I value something a lot, like families say, then it's like, hopefully that's on my vision board in as like in the same proportion almost, right? That's what I, that's the way I try to do it. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just super abstract and creative, but sometimes if something is very important to me and it's coming to the forefront, you'll see that in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not no art therapist, but I know that a lot of times by looking at the way in which people represent their goals, you can kind of see at what stage of achieving that goal they're in and also at maybe what stage of life they're in. Uh, so I don't know. Have you ever made a vision board? Do you? I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I, do you think I, of the whole well, process? I, you know, it's, it's fun. It's creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of really, uh, interesting to, to witness what things come about of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, cause I, I often like, well, I shouldn't say often, <laughs> I think I've vision board maybe twice in my life. Okay. Um, but when I have vision boarded, if that's even a verb, <laughs> um, vision boarding, it's, yeah. it's really kind of interesting to, to witness what comes out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can't even give you a specific example because right. it's been so long yeah. since that vision board. I forget what was even, I think I had, you know, Oh man, I think the last vision board I really did was a couple of years back mm-hmm. and I had a Subaru. Oh yeah. On there. 
Oh, you're a bit, you're a bit I, dreaming. I, I, I like dreaming big. out a picture of a Subaru <laughs> put it on my vision. But that's the thing. I don't want to, and I, here's the thing though. I don't want to poo-poo on ideas that are like material gains because sometimes you need the Subaru to get from A to B. Well, to hey, get that's to what I drive now. No, and that's the thing though. Like it, there are some type of like these questions that you're sitting yeah. down and ask. They don't have to be who am I or what's the meaning of life? It's like, what do I need to be able to get me to A to B, the bus yeah. or a Subaru? And for you, if it's a Subaru, put it on there because again, yeah. it's always, these things are always changing, right? So it's like, it's kind of neat to go back through. I have a few uh, vision boards where it's like neat to see what I achieved on them, right? And what I, yeah. what I didn't achieve too. Cause it's, again, it's just another opportunity to be reflective, but also put some like real energy into what you want to change. It's neat. Cause as you were talking about envisioning last year and, and putting pen to paper about drawing the new BPM, I've been for the last couple of years anyways, envisioning what my piece of property would mm. like that I get to have my, my center on. Right. So it's like, I've literally been drawing what my off grid, uh, little like tiny home will look like and where my, where my infrared sauna will be, where my little, like where my cold plunge tub, tub yeah, will you gotta be, have a nice right. Bath. All these, yeah, gotta have a nice yeah. bathroom, even the tiny home, but no, it's like all these things that I've really been envisioning in. Right. So it's neat for me to be on. And I think this piece of property, I'm um, like a little hobby farm, whether I'm like trimming out pictures of a mag from a magazine or I'm, you know, downloading images um, from the internet and then just printing those out, but I'm cutting them out. And I've literally had like a hobby farm on there and this like little off grid property for years now. And it's just like, but this is the year where I think it might finally be like, okay, this is like actually coming. So it's like, for me, it's like, what will, what will take this, this place on this vision board next year? I don't even know, but it's, it is neat to see how sometimes you put things down. They aren't necessarily coming through, but at least it's on there. Right. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words, and this is essentially just symbols and words for us. But it, it does, if um, if there's a deeper meaning to it, it can drive action. I think like part of part of the the practice for me is um, you know the practice of surrender, mm. and you know, um, well said. You kind of touched on it a little bit ago, but um, essentially saying to the universe or to God or source or whatever kind of higher power you believe in, um, you know that uh, this or greater you know, um, and just periodically, and for me, it's a, it's a daily practice. It's becoming almost like a moment by moment practice. Now it's just sur surrendering my will, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, my, my limited finite mind of ordinary consciousness can only construct so much. Right. But I have no idea, uh, what's possible for me in, you know, the ethers or right. in the, uh, in the God consciousness, so to speak. Right. Um, so, I think surrendering to that is uh, is really really important as well, right? Because then you're kind of relinquishing some some of that stress that we talked about. You know, like if mm. I well, if I don't make this goal or if I don't achieve this vision, then I'm going to feel like X or whatever, right? So, right, um, you know, relinquishing some of the control over and for me, I just I, I say God, like that's yeah, just right. my word of choice. Yes. Um, but surrendering like my will over to God mm. is, uh, is, is absolutely key and fundamental right. to having a, a happy and productive day. It's key to, you yeah, know? it's key to rewilding your life. I would say in that, like we have, we have this higher knowing, we have these different ways of, of knowing that we used to be, that we've evolved with and we've tapped into through God, through nature, through messages in the wind, but we often just shut them off, right? So mm -hmm. I think you're right because uh, having been in the fitness industry, and I feel like a lot of folks in the fitness industry after a while, and I'm not anymore, but like come full circle and actually um, start talking like this where they're realizing there is that higher power mm -hmm. and to be less uh, striving, less pushing, go, 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 and trying to like 
set a goal that's way unattainable and just kind of, like you say, surrendering and relinquishing control to a higher power. It's amazing how you have a little bit of direction, whether it be a vision board, whether it be a daily meditative mm. practice, but that little bit of direction and that also that ability to surrender, it's like the boat, everything gets right to where it needs to be when it needs to be there. Mm. Right. And it's, yeah. uh, it's a hard go for folks to really, I think again, in fitness world to really relinquish that and be like, all right, I'm surrendering. Right. So, yeah. Totally. Well, you know, you get to a certain point and, and for me, I've, I've been in this in terms of the business where there's so much, as you know, being a business owner and entrepreneur, it's like, it just, the, the stress just gets to be almost to a breaking point where yes. literally the only thing that you can do at the end of the day is just like, you know, get on the knees and surrender. Right. And, and yeah. just kind of, you know, put up the white flag and say, okay, God, like, okay, like that's it. Like I'm done with my will and um, just kind of, yeah, just that, that, the it, <laughs> yeah, it's it crazy. is. It is. I think I, it, I'm glad that we're kind of. I feel like we're even. We're hitting the hour mark right now too, and I know you still got to train, so um, we'll, we'll get off this here soon. But I'm glad we're actually ending like this because yeah, I think we did did a good job at like giving some practical how to tips if you say want to do some some vision boarding or if you want to uh, you know sit down and do some meditation or at least share our practices. But at the end of the day, it is very much. I think just. I think in order from a rewilding lens to kind of, we don't know when that next big storm's coming, ripping through the forest and could deroot a bunch of trees. So that using that as like a metaphor for our life, we don't know what's in store for us, right? So mm -hmm. by essentially slowing ourselves down and being mindful, enjoying the moment, setting goals from a place of true joy and happiness, not ones that are coming from ego or cultural programming. And then from there, just surrendering to it, it really created by, by almost doing that. It's almost like your goal is then achieved. And it's like, do I even really want this goal? Right. Yeah. Do I really need to lose the 40 pounds to feel happy. It's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, I'm kind of happy right now. My life's great. Right. So I think we did a great job at like, just kind of maybe throwing a little uh, demystifying uh, mm -hmm. goal setting or at least throwing a different perspective out there this time of year rather than like uh, just going, you know, driving something into the ground that's just not meant to be, right? So, so yeah, thank you. Is there anything else? Uh, thank you. That was badass, yeah, man. Yeah. Good. Is there anything else you want to say to add into the goal setting or anything that comes to mind? Anything. This, yeah. yeah. Um, First podcast, you get open open mic privileges here. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, oh yeah, just want to... Uh, uh, reiterate again, just checking our belief system mm -hmm. around the goal, right? So like if the, and you mentioned it, um, just now, but yeah, just understanding that your goal needs to be, if you have one, mm -hmm. um, if you want to be happy with it, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> cause you can have goals that you're not happy with. Right. And that's fine too. Yep. But, um, yeah, just checking the belief system behind right. the goal, right? Like, totally. So yeah, no, it's yeah, so important because if you're, if it's not your belief or it's not your value and it's up on a vision board and you're grinding your butt, like I've been there where it's just like doing some things that are quite successful in terms of like business, but it's like, this isn't really my goal. This isn't my purpose or passion. And it, you know, sure it's good things come out of it, but at the same time, it's mm -hmm. just like that, that deep happiness isn't there. And I think that's most important. So yeah, yeah again, check, check yourself before you wreck check yourself, yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. So, oh, uh, good. but yeah, no, definitely check, check your beliefs, make sure they're your beliefs, but Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Cheers pleasure. to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Cheers. Clink, um, thanks for coming on. Uh, I will uh, make sure you guys know where to find Colin. I guess, how uh, how can folks get a hold of you or find you guys at BPM and all your cool stuff? So um, our website, yep. www.b as in Bravo, P as in Papa, M as in Mike, fitness.ca. Or as in beats per minute. 
Beats per. Uh, or actually, no, it's not though, right? Yes. Yeah, so breathe, thank you. play, thank move. You. I knew that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah. yeah so that's three breathe. pillars. You got to use that as the phonetic yeah. alphabet when you breathe, yeah. play, move. Yeah, that's true. Dot com. Dot ca. Dot ca. Dot ca. Okay. Cool. Dot ca. Cool. Yeah. And then yeah, from there, from there, come check out classes if you're looking for that. If you're in the London area. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. That's how we can do it. And then other than that, we'll have you back on and we'll chat about some cool stuff when you got more time, my man. But until next time, thank you guys so much for listening and stay wild. Thank you for listening to the Rewild My Bio podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared the show with your friends, if of course you think they would like it. You can also visit rewildmybio.com to download previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter. In the newsletter, I share blogs and bonus content from my health promotion research, along with practical tips to help you rewild in a modern world. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook at rewildmybio and on Twitter at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay wild.